0: Today it's very appropriate. a slightly change today. I wanted to bring in some things from my office and just talk about them a little bit. But if you go in my office, please don't when I'm not there, but if you go in my office, uh, you'll notice a few things. First of all, it's painted in Detroit Tiger colors. Uh, one of my favorite teams. There's a whole corner dedicated to the Steelers, and there's a whole wall with Miguel Cabrera, and there's a whole wall with there's a lot of things in my office that are really important to me. But there's some things that you might miss and you might not understand why they're important. I've got a Little League trophy behind my desk, Little League champions, 1979, thank you very much. And uh, there's a Paddington the bear uh, one of my, uh, behind my desk also. And, uh, there's a picture of me and a young man uh, framed right by the te- coffee table. And uh, then there's something else you can't miss if you go to my office is uh, my wife's wedding dress. Uh, that was part of her Mother's Day present. We thought we lost it. and She hadn't seen it in over 20 years. And my mom told me a couple weeks ago, you know, your wife's dress is in my closet. <laughs> we thought we left it in Texas, and so I surprised her on Mother's Day and uh, gave her that. But all of those things in my office, I and mean, there's so many secret little things that most people wouldn't know, they're there because are important to me because they connect me to other people, people that have passed on, people that have gone. The Little League trophy is important. It reminds me of my my dad, watch me play ball. The Paddington Bear would be nothing to you, but for me. Well, when I was five years old and I had chicken pox, my mom got me a Paddington Bear, and she gave me that another Paddington Bear when uh, my first day as a pastor. So it's always been in my eyes. The picture of me and the young man, well oh, that's him on his wedding day when I was doing his wedding. It's my nephew. He's the oldest grandkid in the family. He's my favorite. I tell everybody that, so that I don't care if they get offended. But he's my favorite. And he's important to me. And the wedding dress, well, the wedding dress was one of the best, well, it was the best day of my life. Standing there at Trinity Baptist Church, the altar, looking down there at Denver City, Texas, and seeing this beautiful girl. Always laugh and the grooms always cry. I don't understand. So, everything in my office has a meaning and it's important to me because it connects me with other people. I have a point. I'll get there eventually. My point is this if you're taking notes today, our standing thought is this relationships determine our ability to stand and continue. These relationships that we have with people. You see, the difference in every person's life, young or old, this is the difference, is who they stand with. The difference is who you were, who you ran with when you were in high school. Some of you are dealing with it now. Some people have to go to rehab because of it. Some people have to have therapy because of it. Some people, you are alive because of who you chose to run with. Who you associate with is everything about who you are. I remember being a young person and going into a school, and this principal told me this. He said, I'll know everything I need to know about you in the first week by who you start sitting with at the cafeteria. And I thought, you can't determine that. And you know what? That guy was right. And I've used that with young people before. Every time they go, I know everything I need to know about you by who you choose to sit with in the cafeteria. See, who you run with and who you associate with, that's going to determine whether or not you make it. By the way, this is why church is so important. This is why having a family that's extended is so important. They fill in the gaps when dad wasn't what he was supposed to be or mom wasn't giving us what. They fill in the areas of their brothers and sisters in Christ, and they help us to stand during difficult times when we lose people, when we have surgeries, when we don't know what to do. We have a family that helps hold us up. Say amen. Amen. By the way, this is why your family is so important. This is why, sir, it's so important you be who you're supposed to be to your little children, your grandbabies. You see, because our second thought I was going to do is this. I am or will become those I stand with. Kind of sounds a little like Poplar, doesn't it? But I am or I will become <coughs> those I stand with. You know, 1 Corinthians 6 talks about not being unequally ill. And yes, in first context, it is about marriage. And it is about not marrying an unbeliever. But you know what? In real deeper context, it's about who you stand with. It's about who you associate with. It's about who you turn to. Right? 1 Samuel chapter 20, David is going to become the next king of Israel. And he will not make it out of his own. No man is an island. No one has ever produced what they are by their own. It is because of who they stand with. And David will be the next king because he stands with a great man by the name of Jonathan. Now, you know, there's some irony in the future. If you know David's life, you know we're going to get to the eventually that David and Bathsheba story. David stood strong for God and did great things for God when he stood with Jonathan, a great man. But it was with Joab. It was with Joab he stood with and hung with and got his advice with with David and Bathsheba, and he did horrible things. Who you stand with will determine who you are. Yeah. And today we're going to look at three things about standing together. Number one, we're going to be using First Samuel twenty as the backdrop. Standing together is the Bible is a product of trust. David is going to go out on a big limb. He's going to make himself vulnerable. Let me get this thought. I want to talk to every man here as I talk to you about this. Trust requires you to be vulnerable with your life and emotions. Trust requires you to be vulnerable with your life and your emotions. And it's probably this service more than the next service. I'm preaching a different message anyways. Probably this service more than the next service in your generation, Matt, the concept of being vulnerable is very foreign, isn't it? The concept of opening yourself up. You say, no, I, I, I'm like a rock. I, I, I don't share my emotions. I don't let anybody get in. Just let, let me just say this to you, sir. No one ever loves a rock. You never go to someone's home and they say, oh, yes, let me show you my beautiful home. Now Come over here. We want you to see our rock. Isn't this a beautiful rock? We found it under the dirt. And we shine it up. And this is the center point of our home. This is our rock. You know who does that? Crazy people do that. No one ever let you rock. You know why your family doesn't have trust? You know why you feel like your wife is so far? It's because you've never opened up, and you've never been vulnerable. I bet people die. I never saw my father cry. I never saw. Sir, don't let that be said about you. Amen? Uh, Ladies, I'm trying to help you. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about, because you sit next to him on the couch all the time, and you're like, he's just a rock. Never let it be said that your kids never saw you, you cry. But you cried over the right thing. You cried over things that are important, like your country. You cried when somebody you care about passes away. You cried when somebody was hurt. You know what? You cried when we have got a couple future grandparents. We've got grandparents. They're waiting for grandbaby. And Dan and Martha, you're waiting for grandbaby, too, both of you. You cry when grandchildren are born and you hold that grandbaby for the first time. Never let your family say, Dad was a rock. Sir, be vulnerable and open yourself up, because that shows you trust him. Watch David. David's going to trust Jonathan and be vulnerable. Look at him here in verse 5. And David said unto Jonathan, Behold, tomorrow is the new moon, and I should not fail to sit with the king at meeting. But let me go, that I may hide myself in the field on the third day at evening." David is being vulnerable with his life. He's telling Jonathan where he's going to hide Sir, why is it so much easier, this is odd, maybe I have no answer, so there's no answer at the end of this question, okay? Why is it so much easier for a man to be open with another man than it is with his own wife? Why can a man hug another man and just be, you know, this is a crazy thing. I I still watch the NFL, and I still watch my Steelers. I don't like the whole not kneeling thing. I think they should be removed from the country if they don't stand for the flag, but anyways, he said, Steve, why do you still watch the, the game? Because it's the only time when the Steelers score, I get to hug my 19-year-old son. He won't let me hug him. Now his mom will go down he's asleep and kiss him. Don't tell him that. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the only time when the Steelers score, I get to hug him, and we jump up and down and go crazy. So, sir, why would you be so open to a man? Why will you? Why will you cry over like 1984 World Series footage?" In the Tiger's one. Why were you crying? Why are you in, in, in August when they have the dream cruise and you'll see a car go by oh, and go, oh, you'll have all these deep emotional connections to a car? And the wife, your bride who you love, is begging you, show me some life! That wasn't in my message. So all <laughs> Ladies, amen? Yeah. Ooh, that, ooh, I got a <laughs> go. Verse 6. If thy father at all miss me, then say, David, earnestly ask leave of me, that he might run to Bethlehem, the city. For there is a yearly sacrifice there for all the family. If he say thus, it, will, it is well, thus thy servant shall have peace. He is vulnerable with his emotions. He is tying his relationship with Jonathan to his peace and his life. So good message there, sir. But if he would be wroth, then be sure that the evil is by him. When you trust someone you stand with, and one person put it this way, what's upsetting is not that you lied to me, but that from now on I can no longer believe you or trust you. You know that determination of every relationship, that deterioration of every relationship is that one simple word, trust. If you're a parent, your child lies to you. Starts to destroy the relationship, you can no longer trust them. If you have a friend and you can't trust them anymore with your respect or even your tools, it starts to destroy the relationship. If you're in a marriage and you can't trust that person anymore because of things like alcohol or misuse of money or not being faithful, that lack of trust deteriorates the relationship. Trust though comes naturally when you stand together. Number two, standing together is the public display of a covenant. That word covenant there in the Bible is used 286 times. And I'd like to talk for a moment between the difference between a covenant and a contract. Just one second. Hold on a second there. You see, a covenant involves two people. Excuse me, a contract I'm sorry. A contract and a decision involves one person. I'm going to do this. A covenant involves two people. You see, you keep making decisions for God. And we use that terminology, right? I'm going to make a decision for Jesus to quit. I'm going to make a decision to start doing that. Can I make a, a suggestion to you that you stop making decisions for Christ and stop making decisions for God and instead make a covenant with God? Yeah. You see, a covenant now involves you and God. God, I've got this habit. I'm going to make a decision to stop it. And, you know, you've been making that decision for 20, 30 years, right? Covenant means, God, I'm going to stop and You're going to give me the ability to stop it. You're going to keep me from these areas. A decision is all about you, but a covenant calls other people. You see, we're used to contracts. I want to show you the difference between a contract, which is your cell phone company, right? You do something, and you're, you buy a car. You give them money, and they provide a service. There's a difference between a contract and a covenant. Someone has said a covenant is a commitment on steroids. That's pretty good. Here's what a contract is contract, contracts have endings. A covenant is eternal. Uh, your marriage license doesn't have an expiration date. Some people have tried that, but it doesn't. <laughs> a contract has loopholes. You can get out of them if certain things don't happen, right? You've been in a contract with a, 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 a contractor, and he's supposed to build something, but if he doesn't get it at a certain time, he doesn't get this certain amount of bonus or anything Contracts have loopholes, but a covenant, a covenant's based on loyalty. A covenant has no way to get out of it. A contract is what I get out of this. Contracts are all about what I get out of, but a covenant is what I bring into this. I did a wedding yesterday. Shouldn't have, but I made I gave him my word. What too many marriages are. You probably have, like most people, a contract marriage, I meaning you do this for your husband, and he does this. And If he does this, then you'll she'll do this, and you have it back and forth. And that's what most marriages are. They have endings. They have loopholes. That, it's the loopholes most people come in and complain about their spouse about. I'm doing this, but he's ah. I guess we said we would only do it. And a contract is what I get out of this. But you know, what a covenant marriage covenant marriages are for eternal till death do us part. Amen? Those words used to mean something. They were a promise and a commitment that we made. Be said, pastor, it's got to be easy for your wife. She's married to you. (laughs) It is. She has has the easy side. She gets me. Listen, you sit here I'm telling me that my marriage is easy and it never has any trouble. Oh, I don't know who you're talking to. Because any time you put a man and a woman together, there's going to be conflict. Marriage is not easy. But I stood there it's going to be 26 years soon. I stood there 26 years ago in Denver City, Texas in front of her mom and dad and my mom and dad in front of her pastor. And I said, till death do us part. It felt like it was going to be this week. But a covenant marriage is based on love. Amen. Amen. This, is, uh, this is this is just between us, okay? So my wife and I are driving into surgery and uh, we we're discussing this issue that's gone on with Paige Patterson. He is the uh, or was the president of Southeastern Seminary. Mm-hmm. I looked up to him. I went to hear him preach once. Apparently he stepped out. It's a security. I so the nurse, and I'm in a fog. This nurse was doing something with my arm. And I felt my arm touch her. And I was fighting her. Sandra said, pulling my hand away. She goes, what were you thinking? I said, I didn't want that nurse thinking I was doing something inappropriate. Ah, because I said, God, kill me. I was like trying to pull my arm away because I didn't want anybody thinking. That's what was over in my fog mind. Anyway, Make a covenant with God, it'll, it'll come back to your mind. Alright, that had nothing to do with my message. That was just so. And covenant is what I do to bring into this. I can't believe I told you that. You want to change your marriage? What are you bringing to your marriage? See, so most of your marriage complaints are about what they're not doing. But let me ask you this what are you doing for your spouse today? Watch an action displayed by a covenant between two people. I should have told that story, but anyway verse 8. Therefore thou shalt deal kindly with thy servant for thou hast brought thy servant into a covenant. Look at that. A covenant of the Lord with these. Who's involved in the covenant? David, Jonathan and who else? God the Lord. Let me tell you some things about outward actions and covenants. The outward action of a covenant is kindness. Look at verse 8. Thou shalt deal kindly. Meet me, Adam's always went to the branch post office in her town because the postal employees were there, were friendly. She went there to buy stamps just before Christmas one year, and the lines were particularly long. Someone pointed out to her that there was no need to wait in line because there was a stamp machine in the lobby. I know, said Mimi, but the machine won't ask me about my arthritis. (laughs) Kindness isn't fake. It's genuine concern for someone. Jonathan will restate this again. Look at verse 14. And thou shalt not only, while I yet I live, show me the kindness of the Lord, that I die not. Let me get a couple things. An outward action of a covenant is loyalty. Verse eight. notwithstanding, if there be in the me iniquity, slay me myself. For why shouldst thou bring me to my Father? And again, in verse 13, Jonathan will say, God, do more to me if I fail. And last word the outward action in the covenant is protection. In verse 9. And Jonathan said, Far be from thee, for I know certainly that evil will determine, determined by my Father to come upon thee. And would I not tell thee? And in verse 16, he restates it again. So Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David, saying, Let the Lord even require at thy hand of David's enemies. Throw those three things back out there for me, Greg. Right? There's two great covenants. Is the covenant you make with God in salvation? You came to God and you said, I was a sinner and I could do nothing about it. And you've promised and you've put your faith in God's promise that when you leave this planet, He will be there for you. Say amen if you've done that. But you know what? There's another great covenant, and it's marriage. Marriage is supposed to be sacred. You know what? Those words, if those words are described by relationship with my God. He is so kind to me. Oh, he is loyal. Even I can wander in my life in my thoughts and my actions, but he is man. And he protects me. Ma'am, sir, these are also supposed to be the words that define your marriage. Kindness to each other. I know over a course of time, and me and my wife sometimes find ourselves doing that, just being sarcastic with each other and being snide with each other and stuff. You know what? Instead of just saying something rude to your wife, why don't you hold the door open for her this week? Why don't you come home with some flowers? Why don't you get something that she likes? Ma'am, why don't you do something that he likes and have a meal or something that he would like? Just out of the blue, every now and then, my wife will make me a big turkey or chicken dinner and mashed potatoes and gravy, and she'll come out and that's what we'll be eating. And I always say the same thing. I always say, "Am I dying?" But <laughs> they tell you something I don't know. It's just kind of a joke and everything. But you know what? This week, let's be kind to each other. Let's be loyal. Whether you're on the road or whether she's visiting someone, let's be loyal. And let's protect each other. Amen? Yeah. I'm getting emotional. Number three, when we stand together. Standing together is always exclusive. First time. Then said David to Jonathan, Who shall tell me, but what if thy father answered you roughly? Jonathan has left his family and is now in a new covenant with David. And that doesn't mean he stopped loving his father, does it? But it means, just like in marriage, he left his mother and father, and now we're joined together in marriage. Jonathan has left his family, and his loyalty now belongs to David. You know, in discipleship, Gary, in discipleship class, you learn that there's two spiritual families. There's a spiritual family we're all born into physically, it's separated from God, it's Satan's family. But when you come accept Christ, you're born again. We're born into a new family. We're born into the family of God. We're a child of God. Yeah. Today, if you're a believer, does God have all of you though? I spent most of my, my, my marriage. I spent most of my message kind of talking about marriage, and that was kind of the crutch of what I have. And I talked about loyalty to your spouse and about being faithful. But can I say this to you? If you're part of that family of God, have you been loyal to Jesus this week? Are you loyal to God, or do you take a little? Do you do things to God you would never do to your wife? Do you spend time away from God that you would never do to your husband? Let's change it today. Let's enter into a covenant with God to remove from whatever is in your life that's keeping you from serving. Him. And if it's your marriage today, your wife didn't email you, by the way. If it's your marriage today, let's invite Jesus in. Let's make a covenant marriage that you stand with your wife or your husband and you ask God to step in so that you can say, Till death, do us part. Let's stand with Jesus today. Because standing, I am or will become those I stand with. I had a different clothes I was going to do, and I decided I'm not because I'm a tough subject of to staying. I was so blessed by so many of you this week. More than I could ever express in my words. Thank you for praying for me. It's very humble.